Welcome to Damsels in Dialogue, a podcast dedicated to female protagonists in fiction, film, and the stage. Co-hosted by India Marie Paul and Katie Zutter. For our fourth season, we take a deep dive into the leading ladies of the Golden Age musicals and discuss just how well these Hollywood and Broadway characters have aged. This episode, we journey through Runyon's stylized New York City and see if Miss Sarah Brown can save a gambler's soul and if Miss Adelaide can get over her bad, bad cold in Frank Lesser's Guys and Dolls. I would like to start with a fun fact. Um, Please do. Now, this is a silly fun fact. um, Because upon, like, doing very casual familiarizing myself before this Mm -hmm. next bit I'm going to tell you, Mm -hmm. looking it up, and there's many websites with things like reviewing musicals and what they're good for and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this one Mm -hmm. is like, oh, great for, like, high school Mm -hmm. and college. And, you know, there are a lot of men in it, but, like, super comfortable for all ages. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Super fun. Did it in my college. It's on everyone's resume when I host auditions. Mm -hmm. Um, How, how have I avoided ever doing this musical i have never i haven't seen gotten it. to do it either <laughs> i've never seen it yeah oh my gosh look at us never yeah. seen it never even had the opportunity i've never even auditioned how did i, I avoid yep. i've never seen the movie Ooh, fun I've never seen anything never seen anything yeah. about it how did it come to this where i'm like wow this is this is a touch <laughs> embarrassing because i know this is like a standard a and i know yeah. like like reading through and i'm like reading through um what bits i can find of, yeah. of like the script and stuff yeah. and yeah. like listening to the music i'm like i knew almost every song mm-hmm. how how have i avoided this musical for so long mm-hmm. like yeah. unintentionally yeah it's that's really the same funny. for you did, you, have, did you get to audition for it? Did you get to I've like, never see auditioned it? for it? I've never. What fun fact is I'm actually getting to see this musical in October because I have a friend nice. in, in a local production, but I've never seen it. I've never auditioned like in person. Like I've seen the movie, but yeah, like, yeah. In person, never auditioned for it. It was never done at the time where I was at the places. It was always something that had like been done a couple years before. Yeah. Or when yeah. I leave an area, it's done like right after, but I've never seen the stage show before amazing so, so, so what i'm hearing is future india listening to this right now yes what in january out, how I was it did like- you love it did you love it was it great to be how did it compare to our research <laughs> i can't wait to hear it thank you well it's been really cool because I, I i work in the office with uh the uh, performer jessica who's in it and i've been sending her like this is the new thing that i learned about guys and dolls like, <laughs> so it's been really cool um yeah. to share that as i'm like casually walking down the hallway and researching this uh, but that's so funny because it is such it is done so much and it is yes. just a go-to it actually a i was telling talking to her about this like it aged pretty darn well because there's nothing that controversial in it right. there's nothing really political about it it's very relationship heavy which is very yes. timeless yes so like there's a couple like different things but it's it really didn't age bad at all so like you could still put it on and you don't have to change the script right like, there's nothing right. in it that you have to change no. the script when you do it nowadays so i'm like that's because there's big no deal. there's no weirdness in havana right no, there's not like any characters really in Havana. It's just them Great. being there. Like there's not amazing. There's a couple. Uh, there's a there's featured dancers, but they mm-hmm. don't have lines. So it's not like there's some and it's basic jealousy that happens in Havana. So it's not okay. even like about 
exoticism. It's nothing like that. It's amazing. It's just like <laughs> that was my Sarah. concern too. Because yeah, like once again, I'm like reading. Yeah, I'm reading it and not seeing it. So yeah. I'm like, here are my potential red flags. Yeah, like it, it could easily. But who knows? Yeah, it could easily have turned into that. But like, yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, it's focused on them. There's a uh, he dances with another uh, the featured da- Havana dancer, and she gets jealous, and though she dances with someone else, and then in, they end up in a bar fight. Like there's that's it. Phenomenal. <laughs> so it's all and it's all dance as you do. Um. So yeah, I was really impressed because I wasn't. I was expecting to find things in this musical with these women, mm-hmm. and I actually left being really impressed with them that's as characters. So good to hear. Yeah, I it's and I'm out more impressed with the characters they came from because I did find some good origin story stuff, which is really exciting. So guys and dolls. Yes. Uh, is a famous Tell Broadway me. show. Um, kind of the production history of it is like they did a tryout in Philadelphia in the fall of 1950, and every single performance was like a new change. They said 40 of the 41 shows were completely different, so like they were constantly changing this. Yeah, thing. Um, they debuted on Broadway in 1950. Lesser won the Tony for it. It was a massive hit on Broadway. It ran mm-hmm. for 1,200 performances. They made a movie in 1955 with lots of famous people, which we will get to. Because that's probably what, when people reference it, that's what they go to. It was such a big hit as a movie as well. Yeah. And not and to put that the movie many out changes happened. So fast they after did. the film. Yeah. <laughs> At the- and the movie came out so fast after the musical, yeah. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and then but that's awesome. Yeah. It's really, Clearly yeah, they- it was doing well. It was doing really well on both facets. And then there was a couple Broadway revivals that were really famous. Mm-hmm. There was a 1976 all-black cast revival, which oh, got really great. great reviews and stuff. And then in 1992, there's the famous revival with Nathan Lane as Nathan Detroit. And he Love nails that. it. So uh, that's a really cool production history that they've had. It's one of the most produced musicals of all time. There actually is rumor of a... A movie redo. Oh, um, there hasn't been any release date. Interesting. They have a musical director picked out. Channing Tatum nice. was teased to be in it. Like I don't know. Can it's, he sing? I don't. He can dance. Know. He can dance. I'm not worried about that with him. <laughs> but Nathan, if he's Nathan, huh. he doesn't have to sing. Because the Nathan Fair. Detroit track does not have to sing. It's not Fair. built to do that. Which we'll get into huh. the drama of the movie. So cool. Which of the two, that would make the most sense. Yeah. I feel like for Tatum. Like, they probably want him to be Sky because he's, like, the, like, sexy, romantic ingenue in it. But who knows? We'll see what happens. If he can't sing, we don't want that. (laughs) I don't want to hear another version of Luck Be a Lady that with someone who can't sing. Yeah. No offense, Brando. Uh, (laughs) We'll get there, too. So... Guys and Dolls came about because Cy Fur Fur. I'm sorry, Cy. Your guess is as good as mine. And Ernest H. I Martin. also read that in my head exclusively. Fear, fear. Yeah, I'd like I haven't <laughs> actually tried to say it out loud until this moment. <laughs> um, but they're legendary Broadway producers. So they came up with the idea for Guys and Dolls after Martin's wife Nancy was reading Damon Runyon's short stories, and the short story collection was called Guys and Dolls. They instantly chose it as the title for the next musical. They had no plot or music. They just like, we're going to do this. I uh, love that they picked and choose. Pick and chose. Katie, get it together. Okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I love that they pick and chose like which stories to go from too. Yeah. And you can see some of those like blatant, ah, this is from that. Yeah. Oh, but this is from this one. 
That was yeah. kind of fun to see. It was really cool. And there's a, the women are from specific stories, which are really, really cool. And they actually, like the Runyon estate allowed them to not know which stories they were going to choose as they were developing it. Um, oh. So it was a really unique contract too, because they didn't they didn't have a plot. They were just like, we like yeah. Runyon. Because right. he created this entire like Runyon land is what they called it. Like this stylized version of New York gamblers mm-hmm. and, and vaudeville people and performers and like all this stuff that he created this inspired by Broadway's nightlife in like the 40s and 50s. Right. So like it was a really cool world. They're like, we're going to do that. We don't know what, like, but we're going to do it. <laughs> almost like a historical fantasy. It really was. Almost. And like how they talked was so overdramatic. You can <laughs> hear that in the musical too, but that's how he wrote yeah. them. Some of his stuff is really hard to read because I'm like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know what a C or a G. Like, I get, I know what yeah. a G is like for like a thousand bucks. But like, what's a C note? Like, I don't know what a C note is. I had to like look up all these. <laughs> so there's like a whole bunch of his own style of language that he did. What's cool about this score is the plot was the last thing that happened. So they hired Frank Lesser and he started writing with no plot. And just Amazing. started writing inspired by <laughs> Runyon's well, work. On the bright side, that's mm-hmm. how a lot of musicals were made in this time period. True. Right? Where they just like pulled songs well, yeah. together that were famous. Because mm-hmm. like you said in the last episode, mm-hmm. I mean, the charts were music. music. Yeah. <laughs> and this was no exception. This, like, yeah. the, the songs from this are famous jazz standards at this mm-hmm. point. But yeah, he these were all new songs that he wrote. And he, he started with Fugue for Tin Horns which ended up being in the opening uh, eventually. But like he wrote a whole bunch of songs that never had any plot to them. So then they brought in a book writer who failed to kind of connect everything. And then they hired Mm. a new book writer who was more of a comedian that finally found a way to like tie in a story (laughs) that worked. (laughs) And they used lesser songs as guideposts. So like he really had... The driving force of the show was his music, and then the plot came after, which was kind of cool. So basically, Miss Sarah Brown and Miss Adelaide, no last name, um, came from two very specific short stories. (laughs) The Sarah Brown plot came first. It was from the ideal of Miss Sarah Brown. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the director actually suggested adding a second story to parallel Miss uh, Miss Brown and Sky Masterson. So he kind of entered Adelaide and Detroit. And those stories kind of come from Pick a Winner and Blood Pressure. The name. I'm so glad they added that. (laughs) It. You know what? It it really adds to it to have a a, the second couple. Well, that's it. That was a really standard thing to do in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Like um, you had the two opposing forces as what they consider the main plot. My question to you is. Do you feel who do you feel has the most weight in this musical? It that's tough because uh-huh. it still feels like it still feels like the gentlemen mm-hmm. still have the most weight. Mm-hmm. I will say, especially if we're going to compare this to literally the episode right before this, yeah, White yeah. Christmas, where there's two gentlemen, two women, mm-hmm. like obviously different stories, but. It's both two couples getting together in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one does balance the women a lot better. For there sure. There are a lot more women stuff yeah. in it. And yeah. it felt like they had moments where they actually moved the plot on their own and weren't yeah. just devices. Yeah. But it it still felt like just, I think only because like the inciting incident and what yeah. the story hinges on is that bet they made. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So I mean, it doesn't, but, but what's cool is it doesn't feel like it's, one couple versus one couple. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, both couples to me are weighted equally. Yeah. It's just this this bet. 
yep. that these guys have is what kind of drives the story. I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> it, it does because, like, I do think by the end, the two couple, like, this two story, like, I think the women are way more balanced than this. I think they have yeah. a lot more agency. We'll get mm-hmm. into that in a hot second, but like, I was really happy about that. But the there is most of Act One, and in the movie, the first half of this movie, there is so much Detroit and Adelaide mm-hmm. things going on that you lose that main plot. Of Sarah and them until you get yeah. into Havana. So like there's I feel like the the weight eventually balances with act two and like the ending of act one being focused on them. But I sat right. there halfway through and I went, wow, I really have no idea what's going on with Browner and like, <laughs> I'm just like focused and care about yeah. Adelaide getting married. Like the third. You also so, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Adelaide's your fave. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like she, I loved her. I knew I loved her, and then I reread it and watched it. I'm like, man, she's awesome. Like I just <laughs> like the the lines. The movie actually makes her, I think, even better. Um, That's awesome to hear. I was really impressed with it, uh, and it's the same woman doing both the movie and the Broadway original. That's all. Aw- oh my gosh. Yeah. Did did really the other cool. actors do that too? No. The I think it was the. Der- the director wanted the original Nathan Detroit, but I think the I have to look at my notes. But the producer was like, "No, it has to be like Sinatra." Um, oh, which so I get like, it because he was the big movie yeah, dude yeah. at the time. I get and, it, and I'm not sure the Sarah Browns were different, but the first Sarah Brown did not have a great experience with Frank Lesser. Um, oh, so I don't know if that factored into it at all or yeah. not, because uh, Frank Lesser was known to have a very hot temper. And there's a story oh. in like an interview with her and a couple of memoirs about she was getting like she was having a hard time getting one of her solos because it was he was making ev- he makes everyone sing full out all the time. And That's she- exhausting. It's Are very you exhausting. kidding me? Dude, you can wreck voices that way. Yes. And she was singing <laughs> If I Were a Bell, um, which is this huge soprano song. Uh, and so she she's quoted remembering this and it's. One night, wait, no, if I were Belle, that's actually a nice thing. I'll get back to that one. She was rehearsing, uh, I'll know. This is the one that had the issue. Okay. So in someone's memoir, they recalled that she was breaking somewhere in the middle of her range and she could never do it. And he's like, who the hell could? It's such a hard thing to like sing. Um, He said, we're rehearsing it. And again, she breaks. Frank, Frank Lesser walks up and gets up on the conductor's podium and he hits her. Absolutely right not. smack on the nose. Absolutely not. And she starts to cry. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And this is, oh, this is one of the producers is recalling this. This is his quote. And it says, the only guy I ever saw punch a soprano in the nose. Um, and he said he took a swing at me once too. So Are you um, kidding me? I hate that. Yeah. I was really disappointed when I read that. And they just let that happen. And then yeah. they just continue to let him write musicals. Yep. And then gave him a Tony. Yeah, and then he got a Tony for it, yeah. And he never apologized for it, but his wife sent her a dozen roses that night. So that, that doesn't That sounds help. like marital abuse. No, that doesn't. That sounds like like I understand what he does and yeah. I am fixing up his problems yet again. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. So that was kind of the unfun history. <laughs> so that was a bold of, accusation yeah. on my part, but. but that was the unfun history of that rehearsal Ew. process with her. Isabel Bigley was the original Sarah Brown who had that happen to her. And Vivian Blaine is the original uh, and in the movie for Adelaide. But like we said, like, I don't know, the women feel weighted the same to me. They, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> like, um, not in a bad way, in a great way. 
Yeah. No, I think like I, it doesn't. Very, yeah. like, very happy what? with that. The Okay, so I'm going to do my quick changes from the original story. Miss Sarah Brown is a little bit sassier in the short story original. Oh, and I bummer. really liked it. Like, it was really bummer. cool. Um, it starts with, instead of Sky never meeting her before, he purposefully starts, like, following her because he finds her really attractive and trying to get her attention. And she's, like, avoiding him because she knows he's a gambler. So he's, like, actively trying to pursue Dude, her as th- a date. That would be really funny. That yeah. would be really funny if she, had, you know, they had set up that precedent of her turning him down constantly. And yeah. then Nathan being like, well, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Like, it was I'm going to cool, win the like, bet. <laughs> it was cool. Like, he doesn't, in the movie, he doesn't, Sky doesn't show up until like 19 minutes into the film, um, which I thought was hilarious. But she's described as a young doll who is tootling on a cornet. So they let her be a cornet player in the short story. Tootling? <laughs> Tootling on a cornet. Uh, she is tall and thin and has a first class shape and her hair is a light brown going on blonde and her eyes are like, I don't know what, except that they are 100% eyes in every respect. Furthermore, she is not a bad cornet player. <laughs> so that's her description. Um, she is described as actually really smart and able to take care of herself. Like she's very like independent, has agency mm-hmm. in the short story, which I thought was really cool. What is different about this, too, is Sarah Brown shows up at a crap game, at Nathan Detroit's crap game in the short story, and tells mm-hmm. Skye um, that he can't, he, it's not okay for him to try to win souls with money and betting. Like, that's not how we do it. So she gets mm-hmm. mad that he's trying to do it, finds out about it, goes down to the crap game herself, and then gambles for Skye's soul at the crap game. <laughs> and... Uh, she says, I will gamble with you, Mr. Sky. I will gamble with you on the same terms you gamble with these partiers here. This $2 against your soul, Mr. Sky. It is all I have, but it is more than your soul is worth. <laughs> so I'm like, get it. Get it. Great. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. <laughs> she wins and walks out of the game. And you find out later that because she showed up, he didn't end up killing someone because he had brought a gun to the crap game. Oh my god. Because someone was like cheating and that's not like his go-to. So like because she shows up, he doesn't end up killing someone because they were cheating at crap. And she wins his soul and then he joins the mission, is super happy playing the bass drum. They get married. It says he's never been happier in his life. And uh, it ends with, and the truth is that the dice which, with which she wins the sky's soul and which are the same dice with which Brandy Bottle Bates wins all of his potatoes are strictly phony and that she gets into Nathan Detroit's just in time to keep the sky from killing old Brandy Bottle. So she used a phony piece of dice to win, but she didn't know. Oh, so it's like okay. a cool, like, it's a cool little, like, turn there at the end where we find out, like, mm-hmm. she keeps him from killing the the cheater, but she actually used the yeah. cheater's dice to win his soul. And now he's happy and they're together. Right. So, like, that's kind of like the fact that she goes in to the crap yeah, game. Yeah, that's the went, cool part. I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's a whole other Sarah Brown. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. that. So that was a really yeah, cool Yeah, because she's read. not as, I mean, she's still, like... Not about him at the beginning. Yeah. But she's not like that hard. Yeah, she's like, not going down to the crap game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Huh. That, that's really, really cool. And then and then Adelaide is known as Miss Cutie Singleton in her story, Pick the Winner, <laughs> which is just fabulous. Was this written by a man? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Singleton. I get it. I get it. And it, it is about the fact that he won't marry her. Like they're always about to get married. It, that that tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he's hot horse Charlie in this. Nathan Detroit, the hmm. name and his crap game comes from the story Blood Pressure, but she's not yeah. involved in it. 
Right. So that's for a different time. But pick a winner. It says uh, for going on 10 years, Miss Cutie Singleton and Hot Hot Horse Herbie are engaged and is well known to one and all that they are to be married as soon as Herbie makes a scratch. So that's like the constantly doing that. She has she's a manicurist at a hotel. So she still has a job in it, which is pretty cool. Love that. Love that for her. A little misogyny in this story, which is um, just well, I mean, the whole thing of. And that's the thing we can talk about later. Yeah, but yeah. what really bothers me about Adelaide is like, yeah. why are you waiting for him for 14 years? He's he's not worth it. I don't understand. Oh, you yeah. You could do that's better. Her, and that drives me up the wall. That's her huge flaw. Like, <laughs> are there people like that that exist? Yes. <laughs> like, it's very, like, it's a very frustrating mm-hmm. flaw, but it's the one that she has. Which, okay, so that you're going to like her better in this because. Good. <laughs> Because they end up going to Miami, she keeps being referred to as ever-loving fiancé, which I hate. Like, that keeps happening. Um, <laughs> well, it's okay. You know, written by fine. men. Written yeah. by men. It's fine. I get it. Written by man, different time period. Makes sense. Still Makes has sense. women making decisions. So what can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically- Are they making decisions, though, if uh, she can't get married to this guy? That she just well, wants to get married? Yeah. Well, at that, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other, like, time period thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this story- there's a professor. Okay. She she all she wants is to like settle down. White House green shutters. That kind of, of course. thing. Great. Yes, that is totally fine to want. Yeah. She mentioned something similar in the in the mm-hmm. show and in the movie. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to settle down. There's this professor that Hot Horse Charlie, which is you know her, is Nathan Detroit mm-hmm. um, in this, and uh, he helps a professor learn how to gamble, and that's like some sometimes you do that, you get a little bit of money if they start making money. So. One of her side jobs when they needed lots of money was to pretend to be a fortune teller. Uh, And so they use this to help the professor who believes in fortune tellers to make a bigger bet because he tells her what horse that she sees, that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But she finds out and like goes on a walk with this professor as they're like walking to different places to have dinner and stuff that he has a house that's a white house with green shutters. So Okay. (laughs) How does uh, girl get her bank? So she ends up, he like ends up winning uh, big on the horse that the horse loses on the bet that they had made him put more money on. But then uh, Hot Horse Charlie comes back and finds a note. And Miss Cutie Singleton is gone with the professor, not waiting around for him. <laughs> See, that is better. Um, that is better. Get what you want. Make the decisions. Yep. Not sit around and wait for him. Are you kidding me? Yep. Here's what she writes in her note. Dear- oh, I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I interrupted you. I'm just very excited. Dear Herbie, she says, I do not believe in long engagements anymore. So Professor Woodhead and I are going to Palm Beach to be married tonight and are leaving for Princeton, New Jersey at once, where I'm going to live in a little white house with green shutters and vines all around and about. Goodbye, Herbie, the note says. Do not eat any bad fish. Respectfully, Mrs. Professor Woodhead. (laughs) Mrs. Professor Woodhead. (laughs) She should. Yeah. As she should. So, and it ends. I with, love that. It ends with her being happily married and the professor being like still so, like, has no idea he got conned at all for things yeah. and ends up saying, Oh, by the way, I interpreted her vision a little differently. I put more money on the horse that actually won. Here's your cut of it, even though my wife thinks I shouldn't give it to you. Uh, amazing. That's so, so much better. What the yeah. heck? So that's. Miss Cutie that's Singleton. Amazing. <laughs> I loved it so much. I'm like, that's the Adelaide I want. Like, that's, yes. That's her. Oh, how so, fun. Yeah. Those are kind of their 
origin stories. We talked a little Amazing. bit about the infamous slap that happened in yeah. the rehearsal process. Yes. Talking about that, though, the mm-hmm. actors, it sounds like, at least from music-wise, they had no influence. They were not allowed to do anything but what Lesser I said. I couldn't find, Did yeah. they affect the book at all? I couldn't find anything that led okay. to believe that. It was a lot. It seemed like Bummer. it was very much like a boy's room of let me make yeah. all these jokes and take these stories and stuff. Um, I feel I'm, like this is going to be a tradition for yeah. this uh, this particular season, but I, I'm going to yeah. keep asking. Yeah, I'm no, I, like, I, I tried to search for like, oh, let me find stories. And then I found that and I went, well, that's not a fun story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't find. Oh, that this was my note. So after this. A few years after Guys and Dolls, Isabel Bigley retired. Obviously, this experience didn't make her want to stay. Um, I hate that. There is another story for If I Were a Bell uh, was written. She said, one night about one o'clock in the morning, Frank called me and said, get dressed down, uh, get down to my suite. And she met him and one of the producers and we're going to try a song, do it in front of the curtain and pretend you're drunk. And he, they worked until five in the morning and they said, OK, we're going to put it in the matinee. Nice. Uh, so five o'clock in the morning done doing it in the afternoon in the show yeah and they all looked at it like they were crazy and said well we'll know if it's going to work and if it works then we'll work on it go home for a couple hours and we'll see you at the matinee yeah <laughs> and yeah. it got a standing ovation and they never changed it that's awesome <laughs> so that that's what you know cool. you yeah you gotta feel real confident yeah when you add things to the show and have it be so well received yeah yeah <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, like, that was a cool – that was during, like, the tryout period, I believe, in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, like – the rehearsal process was much more, like, Lesser wrote all these things. And they brought in – so like, they had a, one book writer didn't work. Another book writer came in and made it work. And yeah. there was – Okay. Kinda, like, I just was curious. Yeah, I tried. I tried. I hope that – I mean, I don't see how Vivian Blaine couldn't have made Adelaide her own, no matter what he wrote. Because um, she has, like, the definitive version of it because she's now in the movie and in – Right um, thing. There was discussion of Marilyn Monroe wanted to be Adelaide, and the director said absolutely not. <laughs> oof, oof. <laughs> um, so there's that, huh. and then the I feel s- like she could do it, but it'd be really hard to work. It'd with. be so like different. The yeah. amount of like quickness that that lament takes, like I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoy Marilyn Monroe in a lot of roles. Oh yeah, but, like, she's I don't, incredibly talented. I don't know that that would have worked. Grace Kelly was considered for Sarah. She was unavailable. And Betty Gar- Grable was uh, considered for Adelaide, but she was unavailable. So Vivian wasn't first offered it, but she ended up hmm. immediately getting it after the initial ones. Um, good girl. Good kid, I get it. <laughs> Brando was pushed for by the screenwriter, and they brought in a British actress, Jean Simmons, mm. who got along really great with the director, and she was brought in to do Sarah for the movie. Yeah. But uh, I kind of skipped through to the movie development quickly just because they're they are so similar. There are additions that were made because Frank Sinatra was in it. They wrote a new song. They took out right. a couple songs. There is one song in particular I want to ask you about. Um, yeah. So they added three songs to the movie. They deleted five. Um, some of them are like, huh. One of the, the songs they deleted was the female duet, which sucks. That's... Um, <laughs> I was going to say sexist, but I yeah. will instead say unsurprising. Yeah, it's not so, uh, yeah, like that's, but we can, I want to start now from like the beginning of the story of the musical right. movie and work our way through because I want to talk about Mary the Man today because it's a really cool part of the script and a part of like, it's a trope. The female duet is a trope 
that was very prevalent in the 50s and continues to be a trope mm-hmm. in musical theater, I think, kind of because of that. There wasn't a lot of that beforehand. Prior, yeah. Um, from what I can tell. I could be wrong. You know, I'm a human. <laughs> so there's a lot of physical comedy in this movie. Mm-hmm. You kind of get introduced to Sarah right away, which is really cool. She, like, calls out a drunk guy at the beginning <laughs> of, the, of her song and everything. So Sarah is the typical straight-laced character. Yeah who, through getting drunk, loosens up. <laughs> Which, honestly, Queen, don't we all? Well, that's it. Like, I I, I said, I did debate with myself. I'm like, is this, like, okay? I'm like, but but that's real. Like, how they handle no, that's it. Like, I like get it. What we do. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, so if she's As someone... humans, not even just women, just people yeah, just, in general. Yeah, I feel like per- you loosen persons. up with, yeah. with a glass of wine or yep. a glass of I <sighs> milkshake. The milkshake. Girl, yeah. you are you are smart. Like you are you are allowed to be smart in this musical. And I'm like, you were fooled by milkshake. Also, like, yeah. did it not to like? Did they hide it that well? I don't know that yeah. they hid it that well. No, there's. The, I mean, I the can't joke. imagine something being called a milkshake being hidden that well. But I mean, yeah. But still, like, yeah, that didn't bother me either. Yeah, that. Like it, and I thought she like up with that. The if I were a bell is such a good drunk person song, and to give that to the straight lace character is hilarious because it's fun. It's so fun, and I was really impressed with Sky never being inappropriate. There is one. Yeah. There is one moment he's inappropriate, and it bothered me. And he kisses her. He grabs her and kisses her. Oh yes, yes. But but she she reacts right away. She, she does. like hits him right. She yeah. So she in the movie she sinks into it. Okay. And then he walks out, and as she's going, he's going to the door. She slaps him. Okay. So like, there is repercussions to it, which is nice. Yeah. But also, I went ew. Like, mm, was that necessary? Mm, not necessary at all. In in the musical, yeah. I don't know if you were able to find snippets that were in yeah, high yeah. school, and yeah. I didn't <laughs> love it for them, yeah. but it wasn't going to be helpful for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> From what I read, I guess you could direct it however you want, but yeah. I feel like to make that moment less cringy if you still yeah. made him kiss her. Yeah. Even attempting to kiss her, her slapping yeah. immediately after, yeah. I think is better. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, 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 I watched when I watched watched the movie, I went, ooh, this is too long of a kiss. She's enjoying it now, but she was really oh. pushing him away. Yeah. It was one of those like where she was like actively trying to push him away, but then you see her like sink into it. So she actually like enjoyed it, you know, because then you got the yeah. romance. And then she slaps him. Cause that's not when they like, he gets a little overwhelmed, right, in that moment because he's like, okay, this was a bet, but, like, maybe I'm interested. But she doesn't quite feel the same There is like, until there's heat. after that, yeah, right? There, yeah, there's, like, heat and tension building between them as they kind of – he's not what she expected. And there's a really great – the right. costume designer worked with the actress and the director to create a tick in the movie. So the second button – of her jacket, she constantly unbuttons and rebuttons. And it's a really nice. great character trait that the costume cool. designer like helped develop for them. Yeah. Um, which is just a really cool character thing in the movie that I love. Was the costume designer a woman or yeah. a man? I believe it was a woman from what I can Phenomenal. find. Yeah. Just want to give her credit, man. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, at some point in my notes, I will probably be like, oh, this is what this was. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure because that that yeah. is that is a very like – not that men don't do that t- Irene as well. Sheriff. But uh, thank you, Irene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they Ugh. they wanted to signal her desire to be free from her prim existence. All right. Yeah, get it. I love it. 
Like it was a great <laughs> thing. I noticed it right away and it was a great tick because then she loses her buttons in Savannah and her jacket's yes. open. So I'm like, there's some storytelling. There's some storytelling. That's cool with the costume. That's that's yeah. really smart in the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. very smart. I'm sure people have like adapted it to now the, becoming a stage thing because it's so famous. But like that's a really mm-hmm. cool thing that yeah. the costume designer built into this character. That's really – I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I went back and forth about her being drunk, but I actually like believed it. And I believe like that she has – there's so much more complex in this musical than even what we got last – last time because you see them Mm -hmm. because she gets drunk she's allowed to kind of talk about like romance and that she has an idea of what she wants and then you kind of find that she's not like she's happy with what she wants but maybe she's kind of looking for something else like you get some layers of her in Havana when she's really drunk and then (laughs) uh, gets super jealous that Sky is dancing with someone else so she tries to make him jealous by dancing with someone and then ends up in a full blown bar fight that's when I'm like (laughs) Is this really like are we just playing with the like prim person going all yeah. like loose or are we a step farther than what I believe? And in the movie right. she is like full on punching a bunch of people. Okay, that seems a little, a little dramatized. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's where Wait, I went. Mm. <laughs> right. And it's like definitely I th- I feel like you forgive that a little bit yeah. because of the era cuz everything there was a lot of physical humor. Yeah. Oh, this movie is so <laughs> full of physical humor. The first opening number, you don't sing from like it's a huge like thing and all of the in the musical and in the movie, they they capture it pretty well. There's all these stage directions about the different people you see coming. Oh. It's a beast. It is a beast to direct because they have all these little skits and things that you see That's traveling cool. through New York before you even start a uh, few chords so or tin horns or whatever. Is it like a almost like bell opening number? Yeah. Like the well, prologue no, where yeah, you see all with, the different, but with no speech? With no speech. Wow. Like, and the movie does a, a whole opening of like traveling through the city and seeing these different like bits and different like physical humor of things. And like, it's a really cool opening. And it's, yeah. I was looking at that as a director going like, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a number. Like you have to stage <laughs> that's, that. That's a beast. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a whole thing. Um, so that's really cool that they included that kind of work, but this physical humor is yeah. everywhere. But it was also cool that there's a woman in a bar fight yeah, in this movie. <laughs> included her even in just the physical humor. Yeah. Because we didn't, and it's not like, you know, Miss Vera couldn't do it. Yep. She was more in tune with her body than anybody else on that damn movie. Yep. But like yep. Yep. They, that was not given her. So it's yep. it's I really like that mm-hmm. that they allowed a female to have that silly yeah. comedic humor with her body yep. and legitimately give with her punching people, like stage punching yeah. people. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, and also that I something that hit me as I was watching Adelaide's Lament, because mm-hmm. she's hilarious one, but she allows herself to be funny. Like she, her face contorts. Mm-hmm. She allows her face to do silly things in a world yeah. in which that wasn't always encouraged for women on screen to make silly faces. Yeah. Like that. It was and even, she's a showgirl too. Yeah. So she's supposed to be like mm-hmm. the, dare I say, like the, the sexiest yeah. of the women mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah. But like showgirls, I feel like were the models of that time. Oh, yeah. And she's an older show. Like, she, it's commented mm-hmm. that she's older. So we also have a middle-aged yeah. woman taking a front seat 
in this right. show, which is really, really cool. And that she is desirable and that she is sexy. Yeah. That, like, that's really, really cool. In what the movie does better than Ooh. the musical is some of the lines that they give Adelaide. Really? Okay. Yes. So there are specific lines that they give her that are I, – I looked up to make sure that they were only in the movie. Like, the the version of Adelaide still feels very similar. Right. But the specific okay. lines That's that the good. movie has when she's trying – they're trying to rush her out to get out of the way while they're talking mm. about the crap game. And oh, okay. They, uh, they say um, – they're they're like who's gonna pay for the cab because they tell her to take a cab like he's like go take a cab like you know don't mm-hmm. don't be out like with your cold and everything and she says I am of course because she's the one with the money yeah and then ooh so she, like when everyone's like I don't who's gonna pay she's like I am and walks yeah. off yeah uh, she's a job she's yeah. a working woman are you kidding me <laughs> and then the dressing room scene right before the lament she says that she's getting a raise so that they can get married. Like she's getting a raise so they can get married. And love that line as well. And uh basically when he, uh he like congratulates her and stuff, and she says something about like, well, in the you wouldn't make me stop working, would you? And he does like doesn't say anything negative to it. So she's love already like too. saying, I'm going to continue to work even after we like get mm-hmm. married. And he doesn't oppose it. He's reading a book that she suggested. She's reading a book on psychology, which yeah. leads into the lament. Like she's given <laughs> brains. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, like it, it's it turns into something funny, but like she's reading a book on psychology. Like it, it's yeah. I it's it's just really cool that in the movie it, she brings up one that she gets a raise and two that mm-hmm. she's not going to stop working, which yeah. the weight of that in the fifties in the nineteen fifties there's a huge propaganda to do the nuclear family being a mm-hmm. mother was what was pushed into the world because all the men were coming back from World War II, in which right. all of their jobs were taken by women, women and now women realized they wanted to work. Because they got yep. to and got independence. And then there was a huge propaganda push to encourage women to leave work so the men can yeah. have their jobs back. So <laughs> in the 50s, all over television and sitcoms and propaganda from all the newspapers and things was like encouraging women to be mothers and wives and just do that and to stop working. So that's what's happening in the 50s. And this musical comes out and has two working women as their leads, neither of which have any desire to leave working once they're married. That's a big deal yeah. <laughs> to put on stage. So to go f- a step I further like and actually say that in the movie, I'm like, that's a really cool thing. I so like I re- that a lot. I'm really glad you found that difference because yeah. that's really cool. I was like, I heard that and I went, oh, my God. And then I was like, I have to look <laughs> at the script. Like, I have to find it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and do that. Uh, so it was a really cool thing. The thing that ha- – did you listen to Pet Me Papa? Pet Me Papa? Which is one of the hot box numbers in the movie. Good. You're probably no. better off because the original number, no. Bushel and a Peck. Is the eyeliner bushel in a Yes, peck. that one. That one I listened so to. So that one's cute. I did, I did not listen to the movie okay. songs. Yeah, there actually isn't a soundtrack because of lots of other reasons. But like, Amazing. Light Can't wait to hear that later. <laughs> um, bushel in a Peck is a cutesy little like yeah. number, very innocent, but you have that like can see how it's a showgirl number, you know? Yeah. I think it was the director. The re- the, I think it was the director. It might have been the producer. Did not like bushel in a Peck. So they wrote okay. a new number called pet me papa i hate the name that's why that's why when you were like did you listen to this i had to restate it because i'm like this can't be no that's the name the right name that's the name oh no sam goldwyn didn't like it whatever he did in the he didn't like it 
So they Wait, Sam Goldwyn didn't like Bush on a Peck. Wasn't really uh, his thing. He didn't really like it. So they wrote Pet Me Papa. And I just wrote yeah. which feels gross. It feels <laughs> like, so uncomfortable. So they're all in oh, the sorry. movie. They're all dressed in cat-like outfits. You know, like Already fishnets, know. cat corsets, like little ears and tails. No, no, <laughs> no. And the whole number is as gross as it sounds. Like they no! perform it really well. Like they do. Like the the girls are doing their. But you know, like it's it's a full. There's so many of, things wrong mm-hmm. with it being a cat too. Oh yeah. No, they're all kitty cats. There's lots of references about like treating them nice and, you know, be like all that kind of stuff. Um, which, and I look at that and I look at Bushel and the Peck and I'm like, Bushel and the Peck, they're in like farm outfits. And like, oh my God. This cutesy little farm number. And in the movie, they just go way too far. And the fact that and some, it's Pet Me Papa. It's Pet Me Papa is the name and is constantly said in the song. I'm going to I'm gonna scar all of our listeners. I'm so sorry. Pet My Pussy Papa? Oh, yeah. Like, it's definitely like that Pet is Me Papa. with the cat? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so sorry for everyone to put that image in your mind. Oh, like, But it was in my so, mind and it, now it's but, all in yours. But it's so oh like, oh my like, gosh. That is, this is 1955. What? Like, what are we doing? How did I hate that, that pass? so yeah. much. So that's I'm like, glad that's not in the musical. I'm glad that's not things that people do. Yeah, no oh one gets to do that in the world. Ew. Because it's gross. It's real ew. gross. Vivian Blaine that. crushes it, but like, ew. Every aspect <laughs> of it. <laughs> like, she's still not like, they do well <sighs> performing it, but like, it's gross. Do not recommend <laughs> at all oh man make um, that a joke song and do that at a bar yeah like it, like I mean, that's with that like cabaret yeah exactly get your drinks and yes. let's sing yeah the musicals yeah like worst numbers yes yeah <laughs> it yeah it's not even that catch like it's not i couldn't sing it for you because it's one it's not catchy and i didn't like it so i didn't listen to it you know like i watched the movie um nope so, it's, it's a big it's a big old note for me and luckily it's giving disgusting i don't believe that song her singing that song exists recorded, at least the Beautiful. original movie. So that because Frank Sinatra, like Rosemary, had a contract with Capitol Records, so like they couldn't really nice. record Great. the the, mu- the soundtrack. And Vivian had already recorded her numbers, so they only released like three songs with Brando and Gene Simmons because okay. they're the ones who didn't have a version of that song so like yeah. the song adelaide that was written for frank sinatra did not get recorded so that's one of the things that like really was gross in the movie yeah. transition and that like it just she it didn't it was unnecessary it was just completely yeah. unnecessary to the plot i do love take back your mink i and think this, it's hilarious that's another one it's both that They're was added bo- yeah. they were that's in the original Broadway oh, show and it's, in. it's the second hot box number where they're basically like take back all your clothes oh, oh yes 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 yes, yes. It's okay, so yes, funny yes, yes. it's so funny <laughs> I really love it it's okay, a very good. tasteful way to strip in a showgirl yes. show like yes love it what about the women themselves like deep diving into those yes. two characters so Adelaide could have very easily been a ditzy blonde like yeah that's that's kind of yes. like the traditional especially character. from this the source material outside that phenomenal ending. Yeah. Um, yes. to- totally could have done that. Yeah. And I think she's she's the one who I don't think changes in the show. Like, I don't no, think she, she grows. She doesn't change. No. Um, Which is fine. Yeah. It does bother me immensely that she's been engaged. Because how long she's been with this guy? She didn't start dating him 14 years ago. Yeah. So she's been with him for 
more than 14 years because yeah. she's been engaged to this guy for 14. That's yeah. the only thing that bothers mm-hmm. me. Yeah. That's that is very like sexist and in that time period too. Yeah. That's not good. That's not that's yeah. not a positive thing. That's not something to to be sought after. No, to be it's definitely not a woman yeah. who's tied to a man who doesn't want you yeah. for 14 years. Well, so like and- that cheapened yeah. her for me yeah because she's great i love her as yeah. a person she's re- wildly entertaining mm-hmm. but that was the only thing that bothered me because it 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 doesn't age to now it doesn't yeah really make sense then it just makes her kind of like a joke in it yeah it does it does make her a joke which is what she's built in the show to do unfortunately but yeah which is a bummer because she's so fun <laughs> it is a bummer and i will say it is like that's her fatal flaw like that is her flaw is that she cannot let this guy go Mm-hmm. Um, does that exist in the world? Yes, there are people that do that. Unfortunately, is it something we thrive to do? No, absolutely not. Not something no. you should ever want to do, or that you should think is okay, or that it's going to no. end up okay. Um, well, in the way he treats her too, I'm like, you're not even like being like worth it. <laughs> well, and what's what <laughs> like I, she walks out on him how many times during yeah. the show? <laughs> well, what I what I will say is that there are what helps this situation, which is still not a good situation is that Nathan Detroit is faced with why do you stay with her and he flat out says I'm in love with her like Mm -hmm. they both they both say I'm in love with the other person and there's the whole song about like dolls having control over guys because of Mm -hmm. you know being in love and stuff well Um, and the the guys and dolls number yeah like that's yeah that's that's the whole thing is this is what all the guys do for our dolls yeah like that's actually kind of a cool song like Mm -hmm. like, it's really sweet because they're also not making fun of the guys they're just like this is what happens so it's not it's not as toxic as it could have been because they're really not poking fun and if they are poking fun it's at themselves yeah exactly it's like look what we're doing for for these women (laughs) detroit is added to the song in the movie and then gets a couple lines saying like i'm one of them so he owns that he's like, he can't quit her either. Mm, yeah. So there is a little bit of ownership of both of them refusing to leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which doesn't make it necessarily better, but does like make you not hate him as much. Yes. Uh, yes. Which helps. And he is very charming. Yes. He is a very charming character. So I understand. And she's obviously immensely charming. Yes. Yeah. You love her the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that bothers me that she for me that Sarah has a little bit of a more modern edge to her. Yeah, that she is in a a much more relatable and much more modern situation. Yeah, because you can easily throw that. Okay, it's not a bet, but like how many people go on online Internet dates from like Hinge and Tinder? Like I would argue that that's a similar situation of her. Yeah. Being thrown in with this person who, do you really know all the circumstances and who yeah. they are? You know? Yeah. yeah. But they're both, like, despite Adelaide not seeming to grow a lot, she's still very well-rounded. Yes. And that's why I was happy. Like, she isn't just the dumb bimbo no. character. Like, they give her they give her the comedy of the psychology book, which also is funny because, like, psychology has changed so much. So the, like, oh my gosh, you have yeah. a cold because of your, like... <laughs> relationship is hilarious she's interested in books she's mentioned doing that like she has friends in the musical she actually comes from a bridal shower that is thrown for her because she believes she's actually going to elope so like she's carrying all of these like kitchen things and it's so charming she's (laughs) like i get to have a kitchen you know Um, so it's like she has friends and her and sarah actually meet a couple times in the musical. The musical they do. They yeah. do, but not in the movie. So they... Oh! They don't... When like, do they meet in the movie? They meet... Do they with, not? 
they don't really meet at all in the movie until the end where they really? both get married at the same time. Huh. So it's they they're very very separate in the movie. And in the oh. musical, Sky introduces Adelaide to Sarah because they're walking home from Havana and she's walking yeah. with all the kitchen presents like yeah. across the street. So that's when they <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, first yeah. interact. Yeah. Um, oh. Which is kind of I did cool. not realize because then it sets up the parallel a little better. Yeah. I would, I mean, well, better. I haven't seen the yeah. musical movie, but like but the musical itself. Nice. Like I feel like yeah. it makes sense because then you're, you're almost like touching base. Yeah. Cause they, cause even when they do interact, especially the first, Mm-hmm. half it's yeah. not like they're having big deep no conversations until yeah. their duet yeah later in the in the show yeah. but like it's still nice to have that touch base of intersecting of the couples yeah and have it not just be the men yeah like that's a, that's why i love i love the duet marry the man today i love it yes because you see in a very hetero heavy era and a very hetero heavy relationships because that's the only relationships allowed at that point um on stage heteronormative like nature of it even in people singing this is the only time that you have two women duetting like you have the hot box Mm -hmm. like chorus like as well yeah but that's not the same it's not the same so this is plot specific character development song it's also not just a cutesy song like Mm -hmm. this is like them confiding in each other so these two women actually end up coming together from different worlds having similar issues with not wanting to be like end up with the guy they ended up falling in love with and confiding in each other to uh marry the man today and then fix him tomorrow like that's like yes there's and and like you said it's it's plot there's meat to it it's not like as much as the sisters duet for my christmas is iconic yeah that was designed to be something for their like a gig yeah like they're both sisters and they have this little routine. It's cute. It, it, it's yeah. cute. It's cute and it's fun. Yeah. Everyone loves it, but it doesn't have the weight. Yeah. That Mary Lee it has. Yeah. And so I was so disappointed when they cut it because I mean the movie's really long. The musical's a little bit longer, so I, like they had to cut something. But yeah, I, that's just such a cool thing because you don't see yeah. like the female duet is so iconic now, but it was still something that usually you only got one if you got any. Right. And for it to be a character-driven moment was huge. So did they not give them any? They didn't get. They didn't write like a different duet. They just, just cut. cut it. They didn't have them ever cross paths. Like they didn't have. So them. they never even had this scene. No, they never had the of scene them of discussing any of it. No. What? Because you also this is the only time you get to actually know how they feel. Yes. This is the only time you actually get to see them this, having this feelings. This is the bathroom talk. This yeah. is the bathroom talk. Men, this is what women do in the bathrooms. <laughs> you, At the yes. bar, as we go there, and we're like, okay, but this guy, yeah. give me the rundown. Is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, it's that and moment. And this is it. That's yeah. that scene. Yeah. It's great. Which is so relatable to, yeah. to women and, yeah. and people. Yeah. But still, like, what? It's, it's, yeah. So I was really disappointed because I was so excited to read that scene in the musical. Because I knew the song existed, but I hadn't read the script. And I'd only seen the movie before I deep dived into this. So, like, reading that scene, I'm like, oh, they're, like, they have their confidants for each other. I'm like, oh, we actually get to know how they feel about their situation, how they're not just happy, how they realize, like how Adelaide realizes how awful of a situation it is, how Sarah realizes that she shouldn't be in love with this guy, but she is, like admitting Mm -hmm. it when she hasn't been able to admit her feelings most of this musical. Like because she's been the one, the level, the yeah. level headed. She's like, level headed or drunk. No, I'm not gonna get yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna get in into this too deep. Yeah. 
Like, oh gosh. Yeah. So that that's a really cool. That's insane. a bummer to hear about the movie, but yeah. it is a very cool scene. Yeah. For women, for those two characters. Yes. And for that time period. Yeah, it's a really great, and I think I think Sarah does change. I think she grows. I would say, yeah, it's not like a whole bunch, but no. like I think, I think she opens up to. I think she's afraid of expanding what she knows to be right. Mm-hmm. So I think what the musical teaches Sarah is that there's gray in the world, and that sometimes yeah. good can be in the gray, and sometimes bad can be in the gray. So I do think that Sarah does have an arc from Sky also being a very gentlemanly person, never taking advantage of her, just trying to get her home when she's drunk. Right, like, all right. Of that. I think she has to have that night of crazy and that romance she never really, the I'll know like when my she love She wasn't comes even along. looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really endearing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I do think that she grows, which is nice yeah. to see. Which is why they're the main plot of yeah. the show, if you're being honest. And they both grow. It's kind of fun that they grow together. Mm-hmm. Like, they they kind of, like, it's insinuated yeah. <laughs> at the end yeah. that they kind of meet in the middle yeah. of their backgrounds, if you will. Oh, yeah. She definitely, so, like... Because he joins the band, right? He does. So, in, yeah. the, in the musical, they don't have a double wedding. In the musical, he is seen as Adelaide's getting ready to be married. Yes. <laughs> playing the drum like he does in the short story and having already been married to Miss mm-hmm. Sarah Brown, which is also interesting that we don't see that wedding of the main plot in the musical. Yeah. We see Nathan and Adelaide get married. So, I think that's really interesting. But he. I like, wonder if it's still like putting on the gag of like these people who got together way sooner also still got married before you oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> that, that, that's a good like little on the bright there. side i bet adelaide <laughs> has just storage units of stuff from all the bridal showers she's had right right like just <laughs> she could house multiple yeah. homes or like yes. like or in a house she could furnish multiple homes yes i feel yes well and <laughs> something that I find really funny about Adelaide, too, is that she knows how out of place the fact that they've engaged so long to the mm-hmm. point in which she writes her mother that she is already yes. married, has she lies five to children, fully lies to Rhode Island mom to keep face. And that's like <laughs> the opening statement in I the know. musical for her is yep. like, dude, what are we doing? And I've been lying for the past like 10 plus years. Yep. That's dedication what? and very sad. How have you dodged your mom that hard? Yeah, like, have you not been back to Rhode Island? Like, what life are we living here? Yeah. Mom, you can't come visit. You have grandkids? Absolutely not. Do not come. Oh, he's in boarding school. Our son is in boarding school. His name's Nathan Detroit Jr. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, he doesn't have a room here because why would he? Because he's in boarding school. Right? No, we have, we have no pictures of him. No, yeah. that's – um, he's photosensitive. Yep. Like, what? Yeah, like, it's – she – that's impressive that she has kept yeah. up that facade for so long. <laughs> the fact that she had to is sad, but like yes. impressive. This is that you're like living a <laughs> fantasy life in the letters to your mom. Yes. So oh. that's yeah, that's a joy. But uh, Adelaide doesn't really change. I think she has that horrible flaw, which is the only thing that really feels kind of gross about the whole situation is that like leave mm-hmm. her like 
leave them. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want. Leave them. But there are people in the world who can't quite quit the people they should. Doesn't so. make it good, though. Doesn't make it good. Doesn't mean that it age well. No. Doesn't, mean no. that Doesn't make it good. Does not good, exist but... in the world. Does yeah. not make it good. Um, right. But I d- it's very good that both of the characters are very charming. Yes. And there's good music yeah. along with it. And yes. That helps. Well, and they're all, everyone's very kind. Yes. In the show. Like, there's not really a villain other than, like, the inspector no. who might catch him. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but there's not really a, a hardcore villain or like evil no. doing. There's some cheating that happens, which mm-hmm. you're in a gambler in the sewer. Like right. I don't know what you expect. And I, I think that Sky does grow and change. I do believe that, and I don't think I Detroit does. So I, no. I think that the parallels follow. The that only, as well. the only change would be that he finally got married to her, which is very situational. <laughs> He yeah. got like kind of pushed into doing that and pressured by everyone else to do it and force it to happen. Which also is not great. No, it's not great. So. Well, that's – I didn't like – okay. So <laughs> I didn't like – they do it in the musical and the movie that as soon as they get married and he says, I do, Detroit sneezes. Which it like, you know, mirroring it's, – it's a joke. It's a bit because she sneezed for the engagement. Now he sneezed because he's a married man. And that's like such a toxically – I hate that old I way of looking at marriage. Yeah. So that's a little like, we have to end on that, really? Mm. Yeah. Makes me like go, oh, Adelaide, it's not going to get better. <laughs> no, you will end in divorce yep. or hating each other. Yeah. I will say Sue Me is a hilarious song to like watch <laughs> perform. Sue Me is a hilarious <laughs> number. It feels like a couple that's been together for a long time yeah. fighting. And I did appreciate that <laughs> reality. <laughs> Uh, in the song so i did like that was kind of cool um good i really i actually was really impressed with with these women and i think yeah that they have a lot of agency to make their own decisions whether or not like the decision to leave is the one choice she does not make no but yeah she she doesn't have as much yeah agency yeah as sarah yeah but she is independent Mm -hmm. which is really cool like we have two working independent women we have well, is she independent if she needs this man? Well, she's independent she financially. That's like yes. she's financially oh, for sure. independent, for sure. which is unique. For sure. <laughs> yes, your bank, girl. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. absolutely yes, mm-hmm. but Business not so much like woman. not self sufficient. You know, no. like as, as a person. <laughs> um, yeah. So that you know that plays into it. But I think I don't know for a golden age musical having that that female duet as a actual plot. Yes, that is huge. That whole scene. That whole scene is huge. I love it. Yeah. It's really, really great. From the initial things that you got to watch of it, like, was there anything that, like, surprised you about the characters? Or were they kind of on track with what you thought? No. I mean, like, from what I read, Mm -hmm. the bits that I could see of the – oh, wait. This is a high school production? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it it all lined up up with mm-hmm. what the characters would do it it also made me like adelaide more mm-hmm. seeing her yeah because like i said when you read her on the page it's yeah. like and your only thing is you want this guy who doesn't want to marry you but says yeah. he's in love with you but doesn't want to marry you yeah like that's not like the biggest red flag in the planet yep um yep. i liked her more <laughs> good seeing her yeah because she is so fun and yeah. like you said, it's nicer for her to be older. It's nicer for her to be – because she's older, she is more confident in herself. Mm-hmm. Because it's never a question of I'm not good enough for you. No. It's not you know like, I mean? oh, my God, he's going to leave me. 
Yeah, like, no, never no, 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 no. She's like, you're not getting, you're not getting anything better than me. <laughs> like, True, you know. So like, <laughs> which like agreed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I would say of the bits I saw, I enjoyed Adelaide more seeing her yeah. than reading her. I, but I can Sarah that. read pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much as is, but not a bad way. Yeah. Not no, yeah. yeah. I actually think that knowing that they started very much with the music and then tried to find a plot that fit, I was actually very impressed yeah. with the tightness of the plot. Yes, yes, it's very comedy heavy. There's no risk. You go see Guys and Dolls, and there's no risk of like having too many emotions. <laughs> like it's just right, like, right. Very standard, very classic 1950s um, structure. Of musicals where mm-hmm. you have the two opposing forces from different worlds that end up coming together and they have to go through the musical to end up together. Yeah. That kind of stuff. You have the secondary side plot that is more comedic, which is really standard in the 1950s structure as well. So there's all like I, I just I think it did so well because they have big ensemble numbers. That was also really yes. big in the 50s. The craps game, the choreography yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> The original, yeah. the original choreography sure. is fantastic. <laughs> it's yeah. nice that the men and women too are not the same. Yeah, because it's like the we, we've only talked about White Christmas, yeah. so I'm sorry I keep referencing that, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we will only continue to reference the musicals. The ones prior. we've done, yeah, um, the ones we've done. But you know, they were two of the same. They weren't opposites track. They were the same person. Mm-hmm. These are the two like very similar personalities getting together. Yeah, and I did enjoy that. This was not that. Yeah. They were not, maybe they had, you know, I would argue that Adelaide and Nathan have similar mannerisms and how they go about things. Yes. But they are not, you can't argue that they're the same person. No. And I I actually (laughs) think that Adelaide is more developed than Nathan Detroit in this musical. I could see that as well. He has a very singular goal and that is his sole Mm -hmm. purpose in the entire show. Yeah. He doesn't have any likes. He doesn't have any like Mm – Adelaide is given a background of desires. Yes. That Detroit is not. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Sky has a fully fledged like complex. Oh, for sure. And and Sky and Sarah are both – Yes. They're not even close to be – like at the beginning. Yes. You're like, oh, I see why Nathan picked you because, like, absolutely not. Why on earth would you guys ever get together? The (laughs) intellect gets her. You know? Like, that's, like, I really love that Sarah, Sarah doesn't get, like, enraptured with him. Like, she's very much like, I see right through you. She sees right through all of his Oh, yeah. He falls for her first. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the tension comes when he starts quoting the Bible. And he starts, like, being able to actually legitimately mm-hmm. know things. And all of a sudden, it's it's not just a gambler who's a dumb, like, sinner. Yeah. Oh, like, he's well-read. Yeah. He's not, like, <laughs> obviously, like, they always cast, like, a gorgeous person to play Sky. That's why Brando was hired, I guarantee. But, like, but she, you see her start getting more attracted to him first because of his intellect and then you see the like the romance click later, but like it's mm-hmm. all about like him surprising That's so her. Nice, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I really like that. Them surprising each other, really. Yeah, which oh, yeah. is he's like surprised in Savannah, Havana when she starts throwing punches. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, yeah. and they have well, those two moments very of solid growth. women. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy. I'm like, oh, it's guys and dolls. It'll just be froofy and whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right. We have two it's, developed characters here. For sure. And sometimes sometimes you need that. Not every musical mm-hmm. or piece of work 
should be something that, you know, something that we need to yell at you yeah. for. Yeah. You know, I think it really is nice to have those mm-hmm. gaps between. Yep. So that we can better appreciate and be yep. mentally ready to appreciate the yeah. deep, dark shows. So, well, and that, I think yeah. that's why Thanks, it's guys, lived. I th- yeah, I think that's why it's lived so long For is because sure. it's a very safe show. People recognize it, but it's it's mm-hmm. joy. It's joy and color. Yeah. So many people go full-blown with the color palettes of the, the show mm-hmm. because it's it's a stylized version of Gamblers in New York. Yeah. And since it's since it's like like fake Manhattan, yeah. you can put it in whatever time period you want. Yeah. It like can be any people. Mm-hmm. It can be any race. Yeah. It can be I mean like Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it doesn't matter if they're male or female. Oh, like you can They yeah. could be any gender. Like I agree with you fully. I feel like this show could very easily be done in any format and yeah. it would not change the plot at yeah. all. It wouldn't like it's there's some like funny things that are like stylized 40s, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. But but at the end of the day, like it's about the relationships of people and gambling, which has not really changed that much in the centuries that it's existed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so gambling (laughs) like it it, it, it's timeless in that way, even though it's put Mm -hmm. in a very specific stylized place. Mm -hmm. It it's such a fun show to watch. And I and the characters, because of that, I didn't have many hopes for when I started deep diving it, right. uh, which so I was really happy. I was really happy to find that. I love Adelaide more. I was really impressed. The mu- the movie actually added to her character. That's awesome. Um, I love that. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. That was but a really good catch. Sarah was always felt really stiff and like standard to me. But then like deep diving into like her a little bit more felt like mm-hmm. she was far more complex and well-rounded as a character to yeah. have those like trying to cover up and trying to be this impeccable straight-laced person and then showing that right. she's a human when she lifts yes. up a little bit yes so i think that's a really cool side of it but i was really happy with this one i was very excited to talk about it this was very fun i'm glad yeah. you allayed me a little bit on the <laughs> Because I was getting a little angry with yep. Adelaide and yep. this whole purpose being yep. that until I watched a few clips and I'm like, okay, she's charming. Yeah. And then we talked yep. about it. So I feel a little better. I mean, still yeah. annoyed, but better. Her. Feel much better. Yes. Good, good, good. Like her her lament is just a classic comedic song and it's so yes. hard. Like it is so hard to perform it in such an intelligent way that is funny yeah. and believable. Like it's it's great. And I like I love that the original we got to see an original Adelaide. In that's the movie. so that's cool. So cool, and I'm really sad that none of the others kind of got to move. Yeah, over. But yeah, what can you do? Because some of the songs were cut purely because Brando couldn't sing, and they didn't want to put more of his numbers <laughs> in the movie. Um, Fair. So that's why a lot of them were cut. We're gonna pretend that Pet Me Papa doesn't exist because no one what? ever needs to like <laughs> listen to that again. And I do. Ha- I do have a cool <gasps> fun fact about I'm Vivian ready. Blaine. Ready. Because she's a queen. So she was a huge AIDS activist. In 1984, she retired from show business, but she had people and friends that died of AIDS. So she be, she was asked one of the first ever AIDS benefits in the 80s that ever existed. That's and awesome. She was like the headlining face of it. Like she was a famous person who went full out and said. And which one did she play? She played Adelaide. 
Oh. So Adelaide. Did a one, she wanted to be Miss Sarah yeah. and became her in the end. Yeah, right? <laughs> so she became like, she became the face of this huge event that was like getting a whole bunch of like shit thrown at it because it was the first ever yeah. like in the 80s trying to raise money for AIDS. I believe it was in Los During Angeles. The AIDS yeah. Epidemic. Yeah. yeah. And what's fun is so like they put on this whole performance. There was like, a lot of people walking on eggshells because it was the first time people were kind of doing that and it was not yeah. uh, approved by a lot of people and all of that BS that's back there. But Gene Simmons, who was Sarah in the movie, yeah. showed up to the event too. Aww, and she that's was awesome. And she was an Oscar nominee. Like she became an A-list star. Yeah. And so she was a surprise guest. She's uh one of the quotes when um Vivian was talking about it was that Jean Simmons got up from her table and joined the end of a line on her end of the line on her own because they were doing like a concert. Yeah. Um, when it came time, the matron said, here's one of the ladies who made it in a big way. And she came out and she was like one of the A-list stars amongst a lot of B-movie actresses. And like she was a bona fide movie star that was That's at this awesome. age event. So both the movie Adelaide and Sarah were at one of the first ever AIDS benefit concerts. That's so like, cool. I think that's just so cool. I love that. Yeah. It's like Ugh. she instantly, like Blaine instantly stepped forward when asked to do it and became like one of the reasons other people agreed to because someone actually like with a. Yeah. With a, the power. A, yeah. With the power time. was like, absolutely. Let's make, she said, let's raise some money for these people. And she's quoted saying, well, somebody has to. Somebody has to start it. And I just wish there were a lot of people who are following in my footsteps, but that will come. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Vivian we love Blaine women getting shit done. <laughs> it was great. So I thought that was really cool because that's 30 years oh. after this movie. Go Vivian Blaine. Woo! Boo Frank Lesser because what? Mm -mm. I hate everything about that. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. But yay for these two yeah. female characters and guys and dolls. Who would have thunk? <laughs> yeah, this is great. This was very refreshing and I'm yeah. glad it went so well. Yeah. But I have a lot of tea about the petty men to come in mm. after hours. <laughs> Mm, so I can't wait to sip. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys can too over at Patreon. Yes, I love it. I love it. See you there. Thank you all for uh, yeah joining us <laughs> on this little adventure through stylized Times Square. And uh, I hope you join us next week. Yes. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Damsels in Dialogue. Next week, we stroll through the streets of London where a very different kind of bet changes the life of Eliza Doolittle and Lerner and Lowe's My Fair Lady. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can help us reach even more listeners by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a rating or comment on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening. If you want to join us for even more discussions and opinions about guys and dolls or any of our episodes, head over to our Patreon. There you can support the podcast and unlock an entire library of exclusive after-hour video podcasts with a new one arriving each month. You can also unlock research notes, bloopers, and more. Follow us on social media and at our website on damselsindialogue.podbean.com. Until next time, this has been Damsels in Dialogue. Have a nice day. podcast episode is sponsored by Royal Princess Parties LLC and is produced by Hello Out There Audio, part of Hello Out There Productions. Mm -hmm.